Hi guys, it's Troy. Hello guys, it's Jiggy. And welcome back to the Pipe Bombshell podcast. And today, we have a very special guest. You guys may have heard him over on Pipe Bomb Podcast and So Randy Radio. And he's someone who's been very supportive of me and Jiggy in our own podcast. Everybody, welcome Tom Fox. Tom Fox is in the house. Hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, my. This is super heavy here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get yes, into for sure. yes, before we get into the podcast, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners first? Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, so my name is Tom. I am twenty-something years old. I'm actually twenty. I'm actually because <laughs> you know I'm actually I'm twenty-eight years old. Uh, I'm from, as you can tell by my accent, uh, from the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a teaching assistant by day, and throughout life, I am a wrestling fan through and through um yeah i've been a, an absolute stan i've been a fan of wrestling for 21 years now and i've won oh, wow oh, i know that's older than i am oh god oh god that makes me old <laughs> yeah it's okay we're all we're all fans <laughs> um yeah so i remember like the first time of watching Raw, well, WWE was uh, August, I think it was August 16th, 1999, and it was the uh, debut of Chris Jericho when he came out. Oh, in my. His, I know. With his Millennium Countdown and his blonde hair and that silvery jacket. And ever since then, every single day without fail, I've watched WWE and wrestling in general. So, what? Wow. That's very, oh my God, that's such a long time ago. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, very interesting. And it's really. <laughs> And it's really interesting because that was the very first. That's it's really interesting because that was the very first time we got to see Chris Jericho in a big platform. As yeah. in the years he did evolve, and now he's in AEW, and he really hasn't like gotten stale. If you can ask me. Yeah, I mean, like I know, I know like, he can. I know he has his things on social media where he can come across as a, a jerk, but. Um, because he was the first wrestler that I came across, he will always be something special that I love about him. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he'd be the one that got me into professional wrestling, but it was just the whole aspect of wrestling itself. I see. Definitely. Okay, so before we start, we're actually going to debut a little new segment here that we're going to mm-hmm. have for all of our guests. And we're going to be calling it Diva Talk because as, we, as you guys know, and Tom, I'm pretty sure you know this, the Divas did not have a lot of time in wrestling in general. Back in the early 2000s, even to the early 2010s, they just did not have a lot of time. So we have oh. a couple of questions ready for you, and you have oh. to answer it answer it um, really fast. Ho- hopefully, you can answer, finish answering all of these under one minute, but if it goes over time, we'll just let you answer it all. <laughs> Tom, Tom, are you ready? Bring it. Okay, so let me, ready? let me prepare my timer. Okay, ready yeah. when you are. Yes. Three, yeah. you have one minute to answer as much questions as you can. So, Ooh, three, okay. two, one, go. Favorite wrestling promotion? WWE. Go to fast food restaurant. Oh, uh, Nando's. Favorite song okay. right now? Uh... It's, a, it's by a UK producer called M-N-E-K, Head and Heart. Oh, my. Send that to me later. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> really Send cool. Oh, my. We should talk about it later. Anyways, we're running out of time. Um, pineapples and pizza or not? 
no, no way. Get rid. Oh my gosh, uh, okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> beach or pool? Beach. Win the Mae Young Classic or win the WrestleMania Battle Royale? Oh, Mae Young Classic. Trish Stratus or Lita? I love Lita, but I gotta go with my favorite of all time, Trish. All right. And let's go to the other side of things now. Britt Baker, I mean, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD or Penelope Ford? Uh, Britt Baker. Before we end, favorite women's entrance music? Oh, Bianca Belair and Dakota Ooh! Kai's uh, oh. baby uh, Yes! yes. <laughs> Dakota Kai's baby face her theme. First, oh my god, I love her baby face theme. I hope she mm. got she kept it, but it just wouldn't fit. Anyways, um, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte. Who is your favorite horsewoman? Uh, Sasha. Yes, I love, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Dream tag team partner. Oh my god. Uh, oh god. So for the men, I'd have to go with Chris Jericho because obviously the first man that I ever saw. <laughs> for the women, I would have to say mm, Trish because she's oh. my favorite of all time. Uh huh. Oh my. Okay, understand. Win the money, money in the bank lather match, or win the Royal Rumble. Uh, money in the bank. Vanilla or chocolate? Ooh, chocolate. Ah, uh, good. <laughs> Favorite women's championship belt design in history, in or outside of WWE? Pick anything. Oh my god, um, I would have to go with uh, two. So the original women's championship. Um, so like the one in like early two thousands and that, and then I would have to say the SmackDown Women's Championship. I love that. Ah, uh, okay. Just awesome. because my favorite color is blue. Oh. Oh, all right, all right. Awesome Kong or Azure Kong? Awesome Kong. Love that. Favorite finisher? Oh, my God. Um, I'm a sucker for, like, the uh, regular uh, Facebook stuff, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Widow's Peak. Okay, very iconic. Oh, my God. I love okay. the Widow's Peak. The golden question, final. Rosa Mendes or Eva Marie? Uh, coming from the Eva Marie stan, Eva Marie. Ooh, oh, I wow. love I'm that. A... I did not expect that at all. Yeah, I, I was one of those original Eva stans. Like, when she first debuted, I was like, yes, Eva. But then, obviously, people would come at me, and I was thinking, uh, excuse me, oh. don't hate on a girl because she's making money. That's true. Agreed. I'm not the biggest of Eva stans, but I just was, I did not expect that. Because um, the majority would... I, I, I know a lot of people who would say Rosa over Eva, but that's really interesting to hear. Although, both women are great, no matter what people say. Agreed. I mean, obviously, I, th I think obviously we know Eva didn't want to be there, because you could just tell. But while she was there, she would have made an incredible heel champion, and there, should have, and there was two opportunities where they should have put the championship on her, but they didn't, so that's that. Her and Bailey and NXT was honestly such a good match. Definitely. One of my favorites from Eva. Mm, that was when they should have put the title on her, but yeah. So definitely. thank you. So yeah. Um, so thank you for participating in our little game that we had there. And I guess right now let's just get into the recording. All right, let's get right into it.
Okay, so let's start with this week's review. So first up, we got NXT TakeOver 30. And before we get into the major women's storyline with the Women's Championship, we got to see a little bit of Candice LeRae in the North American title match. So what do you guys think of it? Tom, shall you do the honors and start? Oh, my bad. (laughs) So, um... I mean, Candice, what we know outside of WWE on the independent scene is, you know, she can go against the men and she does mm-hmm. really well and she's a fantastic wrestler. So having her in this match and doing that one spot, well, two spots, actually, I thought was really good. Um, the spot that she did with uh, Johnny when he assisted her with the Hurricane Rana, I actually loved that because it gave me, like, strongly a vibes. Yeah, yes, definitely. What I would say is that it kind of like downplayed her of what she can actually do because Johnny had to help her. Like, if we mm-hmm. know Candace as like this fantastic wrestler, she would have been able to like do it off the top rope or something. But I can see why Johnny helped her. Um, but oh my god, that splash from the top oh, rope when she my was, god, yes. exactly, exactly. It was fantastic, but. To, out of all three of them, so out of Bronson, Johnny, or Candace, it would have hurt Candace more because the whiplash from Bronson as she flipped off. Incre- I watched the match actually; it was really good from start to end. But then uh, we're here for the women, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Candace in that match and the involvement was superior. Absolutely, Jiggy. What do you think? Uh yeah, just like what Tom said, it really gave me big major Lita vibes as Lita's really the one known for these type of things, especially back when she was with the Hardys. And I'm and it's really, you know, intergender wrestling isn't really that present in WWE. I mean, we got recently we got that two-on-one handicap match with Rhea against Robert Stone and Aaliyah, but that didn't really give us much as it's I would comedy. have wanted it to. Yeah. It's really it, I just expected more intergender wrestling. But yeah, just like what you said, um, Candice LeRae always is a known intergender wrestler outside of WWE. I'm just a bit disappointed she didn't get her hands on Velveteen Dream because all of the women's wrestling fans would have loved that. <laughs> oh my gosh, they are coming for Velveteen's neck. <laughs> oh my. But yeah, I'm really happy that we got to see Candice in intergender wrestling again because we've known what she, we've seen what she can do. Um, with the guys, of course, in Indies, with I think the promotion that she was in is called Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. If yes. I'm saying that yes. correctly, yes, that one. Yes. You know, she's worked with the Young Bucks, she's worked with Adam Cole, and she's worked with plenty of amazing talents. And I feel like the reason why we haven't seen her shine to that level yet so far, aside from her match with EO, is because she's used to wrestling with the guys, you know, guys who are bigger That's than true. her compared yeah. to women who are same at her same size so i'm really happy that she got this and i'm happy my favorite spot was the one yeah the one that you guys talked about where she was on bronson reed's back and she fell over from the top of the ladder that was crazy i did not see that coming at all so like but, with cat sorry yeah. so like with with candace it's like they backstage know she can be put in these like little spots with the men so when it comes to things like these matches it's easy to say okay candace go out there do that spot we trust you to do it but with candace is like there's a whole conversation and topic and discussion for candace LeRae herself but when it comes to like what she's what they're presenting with her on tv like as a baby face she came off as like the best friend or the other girl and she's all in that's so true uh-huh. Yeah, and like did this heel turn. I'm glad they gave her a sort of change, but now she's in the change. I'm like, okay, Candace Underdog Babyface is so much better than heel. 
like the mm-hmm. ratios and statuses of the girls in NXT at the minute, and we'll talk more about it in the um, EO Dakota match, but um, Candice should be a face, but you can't teach personality. Like, that's no disrespect, but she just lacks that like it factor. Wrestling, mm-hmm. she's got it. She just needs that charisma, and then she can go all the way. I agree. I, I definitely, agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, it's that for me personally, I also find it a bit of a problem with not just Candice, even a bit of Tegan Knox. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, ex- I want to expound on this more in the NXT's part of the review. But I'm really happy that these two women are kind of getting getting of a mini feud, as it's. I'm actually really interested in it. So, but I'll save my thoughts for the actual NXT review. All right. So, if any of you want to add anything else before we move on, no, Did no, you? no. Okay. Nah. So let's move on to the anticipated Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. So let's get right into it. Tom, what did you think? So first of all, like the build-up going into the match, you know, it wasn't the strongest as. From my recollection, all I remember is like a big boot from Dakota, which took Io um, yeah. after her match with Tegan, and then a plethora, a variety of video packages. Bearing in mind those video packages were really good, especially from Io's side. And we saw like a personality from Dakota Kai as a heel, because it's like the same thing as Candice with like the charisma of a heel. Dakota is so much better as a babyface. But in terms of the match itself, I, going into the match, I wasn't... The match itself, they didn't really have a lot of chemistry. And I don't know if that's because Mm -hmm. they've not wrestled a lot with each other. But the match itself was just, it it was missing just something. Like, for me, it wasn't a really, this is no disrespect to both of the girls because they are phenomenal wrestlers. But it just Mm -hmm. wasn't a takeover worthy match, if that makes sense. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. that that spot where uh, EO did the cartwheel and the backflip and she knocked her head. I I think that was a miscommunication on both Mm -hmm. sides of it. Um, But all in all, you know, a great match. We'll talk about more about the ending of the match whenever. But for the match itself, I'm glad that the pairing of Dakota and Raquel is still there. I did have vibes that, you know, it was never caught. And Raquel, if she can, if they can push her correctly, she can be what Naya should be. Oh my oh, god, that's a good. That's wow, a, that's actually a really that, good way yeah. of saying that. That makes so mm. much sense. But other than the other, other than anything else, you know, the match was I thought brilliant. But yeah, just definitely not takeover worthy. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, my main issue with this match was I bo- I love both Dakota and Io, but my main issue with this match was. It was, it started kind of slow. Like, it just, they weren't clicking early on. And it it kind of affected the entire match. But overall, it was pretty good as well. But I would say that I really like how Dakota Kai, She she's a person who would usually go for a lot of kicks in a match. And mm-hmm. she still went for a lot of kicks in this match. But one thing that I really appreciated from her is the classic wrestling style of targeting a body part. And she targeted... The leg, if I'm pretty sure. Wait, let me remember. Yes. The was the leg. Yes, right? she, yeah. she was, she I definitely appreciate. I appreciated that so much. It's classic heel, and it always works. And I'm not gonna lie with you guys. When Raquel hit the double choke, the double choke slam on Io Shirai, I honestly thought Dakota was gonna win. My heart started pumping because Dakota's probably my favorite woman from the from the May Young Classic. Um, either year so I was just like oh my god this is the part and then when she did it I was like oh 
Uh, it I, just yeah. emotion wise, it delivered for me. But the match wise itself, it kind of felt a little flat. But it's it's still pretty okay for me. Like out of five, I will give it three and a half. But like yeah, that's like the thing. It's like no, like I said a minute ago, it's no disrespect to those two as wrestlers and workers because mm-hmm. it was a good it was a good match. It just to me when you compare it to like other takeover matches, a yes. it wasn't really as memorable, and b it wasn't as takeover worthy. If that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. we've seen what Io Shirai and Dakota Kai can do, like with different with different opponents. Like we've seen Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, and we've seen Dakota and Tegan in their street fight, and we know that they can deliver. But yeah, I agree with what Tom said. Maybe they're just not used to working um, together. You know, they haven't had that much matches against each other, so maybe it was um, a factor to their miscommunication. But overall, I think it was just a decent match. It just didn't live up to maybe what we were expecting to get from them. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of signed up, signed up all of our thoughts now thinking about it. It just, again, like what I said earlier, it kind of just fell flat. A lot of us were expecting much, but it, yeah, just like what Tom said, it wasn't a takeover-worthy match. Definitely. But let's talk about that ending when Raquel attacked Io Shirai from the back when she had her hand raised, and as she was about to deliver a power bomb, Rhea Ripley comes out of nowhere and has the stare down with Raquel. Tom, what did you think of this stare down? So, first of all, they are best friends outside of wrestling. Yeah, so you could, they are. You could really? They yeah, are, they, they are. So, like, just just quickly, like, so, like, Rhea um, was talking on a podcast with Lillian Garcia's Chasing for Glory, and she was talking to her about the fact that they are best friends and how it was mm-hmm. the first p- people that they met and how amazing of a connection they've got. But the stare down itself, first of all, they are tall women. So you had that mm-hmm. stature. Second of all, you obviously, if they ever do a match, it will be a fantastic, you know, brawl against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we'll talk about it more in the NXT review. But it just, to me, slightly didn't make sense why mm-hmm. it was these two going against each other when Rhea's got her thing with Mercedes and potentially with EO. Wow. But still, it was a great stare down and they'll have a phenomenal match when that happens, if it happens. Jiggy, what do you think? Um, what I would say, it was, uh, it's still rare for us to see two tall women to stare down each other in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, at the top of my head, I can't really think of much. Like, yeah, that just proves it. There's not a lot of these type of stare downs and I really appreciate it and they're really building up Raquel they're slowly building up Raquel as like her own person because in the first few months with her pairing with Dakota it really seemed like that oh she's just like the sidekick of Dakota she's the muscle of Dakota but now they're slowly building her into sort of someone like oh she's just teammates with Dakota no one is no one's beneath of whoever and I really appreciate that but just like what Tom said it's just Rhea Ripley right now is just in the middle of a lot of storylines and it's either a good thing or a bad thing depending on what WWE does with it. So overall, oh, before I forget, the shot, that shot of Io celebrating her title win then Rhea in the background, shot of the night, shot of the night for sure. It was just, that's one of the best things from what I would say that we've gotten in the quarantine era of WWE. The the shots of some of the moments. Yeah, the cinematography. Amazing, perfect. It's amazing for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's just it's just it's good, 
but it was fantastic. But I just want to see where this goes. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I feel like Io's going to have her rivalry with Rhea pretty soon, but I still don't want her to lose the title to her. Like, no, I have, yeah. an, I, have, I have an option as to who I think will take the title from her. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, I, so um, I personally think because of their uh, previous match at TakeOver and just like little vibes and snippets here and there, I think they're going to have Candice LeRae be exactly. the one to dethrone her. I as, mean, much as, yeah. a, as much as a person would prefer Mercedes Martinez to take the mm-hmm. title, I think they're going to have Candice because I think they'll have Johnny Gargano be the one to either be uh, NXT champion or the North American champion and both of them as husband and wife yeah. are champions of the brand. That's going to be that's going to be yeah. such a moment for both of them. Definitely. And I think it's kind of about time since Candice has been um me personally I haven't been following indie wrestling as much until like late last year and mm-hmm. but still I knew who Candice LeRae was before the May Young Classic. So that just shows her popularity overall. And I think it's she's it's kind of long overdue for her to get a title, to win the championship, I mean. Absolutely. And I had I had the same prediction. I really felt like Candice LeRae was going to be the one, or would be the one, to dethrone Io just because of, you know, their previous history of, you know, Io Shirai betraying Candice. And it would be really great storytelling if at the end of Io's title reign, it would be still Candice who takes it from her, you know, as a sort of, of like, I don't know, vengeance for what she did. Mm. Considering that um, Io's the face now and Candice is the heel. It, it'll be really in- interesting. I look forward it to it. It would just make a full circle moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you guys have anything else to add for this takeover event? Or um, would you guys want to move no. on? Yeah, we can no. move on. Other than, the, other than the fact that, you know, it wasn't the most memorable takeover for the women. But yeah, it was definitely. still great moments and matches. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, if there's nothing else, let's move on to SummerSlam. Moving on, just like what Troy said, we're going to be talking about SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, well, in the States at least. It's actually really rainy here in the Philippines, and it's it's kind of humid right now where I'm filming, recording, whatever. Um, But first up, opening the show, actually, we got Bailey versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. One of Asuka's Women's Championship matches, and let's just get into it. Um, Troy, you you start off. Okay, first of all, I will say Bailey's gear is actually like really good. Like it's like a dark blue with like is it bronze? I don't know. I'm just really surprised that she's serving looks. Like even though her gear is like almost the same every show, but you know, just just the little details that I notice as a women's wrestling fan. But yeah, um in terms of the in terms of the match, I've seen Bailey versus Oscar like a lot of times. And, you know, it's hard to be surprised with what they're delivering if you've seen them go at each other, um, you know, the Raw two weeks before or, you know, a lot of times in the past. But I will say that some moves that spot, that um, stood out for me would be Asuka's diving DDT from the steel stairs to the outside. Yes. Um, oh Bailey's God. diving stunner when Asuka was hanging on the middle rope. And the sunset flip powerbomb into the turnbuckle. Honestly, how is that a safe move? Like, isn't that like, you know, your head hits the turnbuckle? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's some sort of padding to keep, to keep the safety there. But it still looks really devastating. 
But I also want to bring up the the diving elbow that Bailey did, and she got caught by Oscar in an armbar. That was really good. I I haven't so seen good. anything like that. Like it was really fast, and this just proves the point that Bailey and Oscar really know how to work well with each other. It's just that we've seen them work with each other a lot of times, but I did not see Bailey winning this match. I really thought she was gonna lose the title tonight. Well, not tonight, but sure. on SummerSlam. Well, Tom, what did you think? So, like going into so first of all, SummerSlam as a whole was fantastic for the men and women, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, not surprisingly. But uh, so my original prediction for SummerSlam was to have the back-to-back matches for the women. Same. But I think I mean we'll talk more about the Oscar and Sasha match. But there was just one little thing that I was a bit ooh about. But they always say with a show, whether you open the show or main event the show. It's always good. So when Bailey and Oscar mm-hmm. had their match, I thought, yeah, it's not, you know, it wasn't their best encounter, but I don't think it was meant to be, quote unquote, a good match because the focus and story was more so on um, yeah. Sasha and Oscar. Definitely. Because I, personally, for me, I knew Bailey was going into this event retaining. Like there was no chance they were going to have uh, Bailey lose because really? the eventual thing of. Yeah, because the oh. eventual thing, because only because the eventual thing of all of this is Bailey and Sasha uh, in their feud, and I don't think they'd feud over the Raw Women's Championship because they're SmackDown girls. So it's easier for Sasha mm-hmm. to lose the Raw title. That can go somewhere. The tag titles can go somewhere else, and then Bailey and Sasha can have their feud over the SmackDown Women's Championship. But agreeing with you, Troy, I thought the um, outside DDT I've not seen that for Same. either ever or for a long while the um, stunner from Bailey from the middle rope I thought was fantastic and it was a good elevation of what she normally does so like with pay-per-views they always like elevate on a move that they already yeah, know and do um, so mm-hmm. she needs to include that she definitely needs to include that in her arsenal but with Bailey and Oscar they have that chemistry and I think that was the chemistry that Dakota and EO were missing and it's the fact that they have worked together a lot yeah because we because because we Oscar and Bailey on TV now I think like six times six slash seven times over the last couple of years this match it wasn't their worst encounter but there was a reason for it because obviously the Sasha and Oscar but all in all a great open to the pay-per-view, a great match, and the ending, the ending, the ending, the ending, was something oh I God. was... It, it was, yeah, it, was, it, was def- it was definitely something I predicted. I knew Sasha was going to get involved. I knew Oscar was... Uh, I knew Bailey was going to move out of the way, and I knew Bailey was going to uh, roll her up for the win. I knew that was going to happen. Predictable, yes, but it made complete sense, especially what happened later on in the night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, giving my personal thoughts in this match, um, I just want to quote what Paloma Star said in the Ring the Bell YouTube channel. It seemed yeah. it de- this definitely said this definitely seemed more of like a ch- chapter one into what's gonna happen with Sasha and Oscar, and yes. there were a lot of good spots. Um, as much as people want to hate on Sasha, Oscar, and Bailey, been wrestling this past month for the yeah. women's titles, these three women, uh, I mean Oscar has great. Yeah, just these three women have such great chemistry with each other. So I can't exactly complain because every time they're out there, they simply deliver. Although um, we saw the DDTs, we saw the good stunners. Although, can I just say, I was, I felt it's such a missed opportunity for Bailey when she did the diving elbow drop to mock Kyrie Sane. That would have been the perfect opportunity Ooh. to mock Kyrie Sane. Can you just imagine that? That, like, that would have been, been such a tease. Honestly. That would have been good. Like, 
that would have been such amazing but once again i was kind of swerved i did not expect bailey to win the championship as i oh, said in the last week's episode really? but yeah i did not okay. expect i really i really thought sasha banks this would have been the time sasha banks finally got to defend a women's title in the ring in the, in the main roster but I think it just makes sense, like, for Sasha to keep that, she can't defend a Raw Women's Championship on a pay-per-view streak. So that's a good dig to have at her from Bailey when they eventually have their yeah. feud. That's true. Like, my calling, not really calling, but the thing that made me think that, okay, it, it seems like Sasha's going to lose tonight, was in the kickoff show. If When Shayna Baszler was like, whoever wins, I'm going next. So I'm just like, okay, there's no chance in hell that they're going to make Sasha retain and make her feud with Shayna without having Bailey, yeah. Sasha versus Bailey. So I'm just like, I'm a bit disappointed. I mean, like, I'm not disappointed with the result. I'm a bit disappointed that Sasha lost. Not because, yeah. no disrespect to Asuka, but I'll get to that later. But overall, it was a really good match. It served its purpose. Was it, again, was it its best encounter? I would say no. But it serves its purpose and it's a good opening to the show i would say yeah it definitely gave like you know the hype when you start up the show you know you got to keep the fans entertained and you want to you want to give them the focus on the match and i think yes. that they definitely did that that's all i have to say for bailey and oscar and i think like even though uh, personally i wanted back-to-back women's championship matches mm-hmm. i think it made a bit more sense for um oscar to have a little bit of a breather and then go after Sasha. But when we talk about Sasha and Asuka, there was, like I said a minute ago, there was just one little thing that just got me a little bit off by it. Not the match itself, but something before it. Mm, definitely. I have to agree. Okay. So, do any of you guys have anything more to say about this match? Troy, Tom? No. I'll I say just... my sentiments in the Sasha match, but... No, yes. Yes. But, yeah. But before the Sasha... Banks and Oscar match. We got the loser leaves WWE match. No disqualification. Major like cool vibes. Mandy Rose against Sonia Deville. Oh my god. Well, I want to start off with this one. Well, it's been trending all the time on. It's been I, trending I know what on you're Twitter. Say. I just want to say, what was that gear of Mandy Rose? I am so sorry. Like I could have forgive the hair. Like, the hair, I would have forgiven. Like, it's something different. I don't remember a woman trying to use that hairstyle in, yeah. ever in wrestling in general. Like, so yeah. I like where she was going to. But that look, it was just not it. Okay, on to the match itself. I would say, um, considering what these two women went through the past week, I did not, I did not expect them to, like, have a really good spotty match. I'm just like, there's... Their head is definitely, I feel like their head is somewhere else. So that's completely understandable. But, mm. you know, despite despite that there were a couple of moments that were missed, it's really interesting because they kind of, and just no, no disqualification matches. It was also a bit different because, uh-huh. number one, thank God they did not, not start with using a kendo stick. That's like a, a cliche now. Like every no disqualification match starts with a kendo stick and this did not. So I'm like, yay, it started with something different. And that tables and that spot where Mandy was throwing the chairs towards Sonia yeah. using the table, oh that God. was really great. Like I'm surprised no one has even thought of that. And although I would say this is probably the best Mandy Rose has looked in a very long time, wrestling wise. Her intensity and her charisma that she exuded, it was just top of the roof. And I think 
everyone, no, I, would, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of people definitely expected for Sonia to be the one to take time off WWE. Yeah. And hopefully, it's a long shot. Mandy, Sonia, if you guys are listening to this, we wish you the best. And hopefully, you guys are, hopefully that this doesn't happen to you guys ever again. Yeah. And to anyone. So, definitely. Tom, what would you want to say about this match? So, first of all, agreeing with what you were saying about the Mandy Rose look. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Mandy's <laughs> gear situation in quarantine era. First of, first of all, she had this like one random blue thing against oh. when she was against Car- Carmella, which I thought was fantastic. Oh, and, and, then she, and then she had that Royal Rumble gear, which I thought, oh no. And then the WrestleMania gear, which I thought, no. And then she had that um, denim look with Otis, no. And then this one, so even Marie's first official match was SummerSlam, Ac- <laughs> SummerSlam Access 2013. That was her. That was like reminiscent of that. But anyway, the look itself, no thank you. No offence, Mandy Rose. <laughs> the match itself, I absolutely love Mandy's finisher of the Bed of Roses, which is the double yeah. underhook space yes. stuff. It, yes. sh- it shows yep. up her strength. I like the knees that she does, but I think it should be more of like a lead up to the face buster. But the match itself, um, I see, I, I have to disagree. I don't, I did not see the fire and aggression and the motivation oh. from, from Mandy herself, like especially when she was screaming at Sonia. Like physically, she was giving it, but I could just read that um, I wasn't feeling it. And obviously, this, this is just because I'm going to go with the fact that of what's happened to them yeah. personally away from the ring. So. I would have much preferred this match to have not happened at SummerSlam and save it for a couple of weeks. But thinking about it, um, I think Sonya just wanted time away. So I think having the match at SummerSlam so she can go, be out of the spotlight for a while. And we're not obviously we're not going to talk about it because it was so sad. But I just hope that, like you said, I don't want this to happen to anyone in the world because it was absolutely terrible, especially for someone who, you know, is in the spotlight and can be, you know, trolled easily on social media and can get found. But it is so sad. But Sonia, Mandy, wherever you are right now in the world, we love you. As women's wrestling fans, we support you. So keep safe, please, and everyone else as well. But the match, it just lacked something. I don't know what it was. I think it's because... Mm-hmm, I agree. They both the mentally weren't. It was kind of like the Dakota and EO match. It just missed something, and I can't think what it was other than like a personal issue with both of them. But for what it was, it was a good match, and I did love how Mandy uh, constantly used knees at the end to finish Sonya off. I thought that was a great finish. Yeah. So well, how about you, Charlie? What do you? Well, if you don't mind, I would like. I feel like the the reason behind Mandy's gear looking really Bad. unexpected from her, um, yeah, never, never it, saw it, it was it was really a shocker for me because you know, I, as I said, I watched SummerSlam live, and I think Sonya came out first. Am I right? I'm not sure. Yeah. She did. But she yeah, did. She Sonya did. came out first, so you know, she's on her black gear. You know, she looks badass. You know, she's ready yes. to beat Mandy up. I was like, okay, I'm ready. This feels like, you know, it feels like a big SummerSlam match. And then Mandy comes out. Um, she, it felt like a yoga, a yoga outfit. Something that oh you would God. use to exercise. And like, no offense, but you know. It, it just felt like it that felt she really wore old. something. 
it just felt like she wore something and then backstage told her to cover up. So someone, yeah. so like Sasha's husband made her something quickly to cover <laughs> up. Oh my god, Sasha's husband. Oh my gosh. Well, I f- I really hope that the reason that she's wearing these weirdly fitted attires is so that um is so that she could fit in with a storyline that she doesn't want people to recognize her for her good looks. Let's but hope I- so. Yeah, let's hope so. But. I feel like you can send that message and still look, you know, you can still look beautiful or you could still give that message in a way that you don't have to look, I don't want to say bad, but underwhelming. I'll say underwhelming because, you know, that's, that's true. Heroes. Like, for instance, just look how at the Divas division. Like, the women kicked ass, but they still look good. Yeah, they still look good. But, you know, moving on to the match itself, um, I won't talk about it a lot because you guys have the same um, viewpoints as me. Um, but I really feel like the reason that the match didn't live up to the build-up that they had, because their build-up was really good. I feel like the only reason that they didn't live up to the hype was because of, you know, their personal experiences. And I really wish that Sonya takes this time off to, you know, to assess, you know, the events that happened and... um. I don't know. Work work things out, cause definitely, how is she gonna, how is she gonna feel in this? She's not gonna feel the safety in her own home. You know, she's gonna have to, I don't know, maybe live with someone for a while, cause you know, kid, a kidnapping attempt isn't something that you can joke about. So I really wish the best for her as well as Mandy. But looking forward, I really hope Mandy gets a good baby face push, like. Yes. I don't. Yes. Oh my her, god. I don't see her winning the title, but I hope she gets the opportunity. I hope she gets a filler feud against Bailey. Yeah. Like you said, we know we you, we know she's oh, not well. going to win the title, but mm-hmm. her feud with Sonya was like high profile in Absolutely. fans' eyes and create and uh, WWE's eyes. So the fact that Mandy Rose won on paper that would ultimately put her in the spotlight for a title match. She won't win, but it will be a great filler feud, and it will be a great opportunity to show Mandy in another side of her. Definitely, because you know you, you don't just give yes. anyone matches at SummerSlam. You know it's one of the biggest pay per views aside from WrestleMania, and the mm. fact that Mandy had this solo one on one feud with Sonya, and her coming out on top, you know you can't deny that she's gonna be she's gonna be pushed whatsoever. At least I hope. But that's all I have to say for this match. It has been a while. Since Mandy Rose didn't get a one-on-one match for a single title, I think her last match was against Asuka, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. back in 2018. Yeah. It was, was Fastlane. Fast yeah. yeah, before. And, you know, she probably would have gotten on the mania of that year as well. But unfortunately, WWE had other plans. But let's not talk about that now. But before we move on to the Asuka versus Sasha match, I just want to talk about the fallout or like the huge, the video that. WWE posted on their YouTube, Twitter, was posted oh everywhere, where Sonia, um, where someone was asking Sonia, like, hey, how are you, or whatever, and then she got triggered by being called Sonia, she was like, don't you dare call me that again, and I'm just like, ah, is she gonna return as Daria Vernonato? I See, would live Yes, 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 I Honestly, same. So, so, like, just quickly, if, like, the hair versus hair match was gonna happen, I personally thought they were going to, like, take her off TV and then put her on Monday Night Raw. So it's like a, a switch of, like, a whole new Sonya Deville. But yeah. now the fact that she said, don't ever call me that again, I believe she's going to come back with not a whole new look per se, but she's going to come back as Daria Baronado. She's going to bring her, like, personal MMA-ish 
style to the ring like she did first of all and she's going to mm-hmm. debut on Monday night she's going to debut on Monday night raw and attack Oscar and have a feud over the championship <gasps> oh wow. my god higher tom guys absolutely yeah. higher tom that's a good way of booking absolutely i have to because i just think of all sorry i just think of all the girls on the main roster i think Mandy and Sonya need splitting up on different shows. And I think after yeah. Bailey and Sasha have done, they need splitting up on different shows. Definitely. And also, not to mention, in the few matches that we have seen, Sonya and Asuka, they had really great chemistry. So I'm just imagining their matches that they're going to produce. Oh, my God. Yes, definitely. You know, it's and an like, interesting thing. Marketing-wise. Yeah. And like looking at it in a marketing perspective, um, there have been a couple of women in WWE who are also named Sonia. Like I can't remember that a lot, but definitely in the dev- development. Yeah, there it was it was um uh, it was Lord, so young. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah so young. young. Yeah, it is so young. Like, oh, there we go. For like a few months. Yeah, but and but now if you, if you think about it, there hasn't really been a girl named Daria in WWE. And Never. so that's going to be really good. That's going to be a good like marketing perspective or perspective. That's going to be a good move for WWE in my opinion. And she can just say there can be she can she can also like talk about it like, "Hey, you know what? Sonya Deville technically did leave WWE and I'm back as Daria." <laughs> that would be super interesting to watch. I'd love that. So, I just think I just think Sonny just needs time away personally, and yeah. I don't blame her. And if anyone disagrees with that, then you don't have a heart. Definitely, for sure. You can't just have someone go to work like every week, expecting them to um, perform at the level of like a main eventer if they have something so personal within them, you know, from oh, yeah. a traumatic ex- experience. So she she needs this time, and I hope she comes back stronger than ever. Yes. Absolutely. So does anyone have more perspectives to share on this match? No, um, no, 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 no. Okay, moving on to the final match of SummerSlam for the women, we got Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Yes. Try as a member of the Sasha crew. Start us off for this one. As a member of the Sasha crew, I would like to not comment on anything that happened. <laughs> this was a very this was a very traumatic experience for me, you know, waking up at 7 a.m., watching the pay-per-view live, you know. I was really, you know, okay, listen, the moment I saw Bailey win the, the match with Asuka, I knew, I knew that she was losing the title. And I was just mentally preparing myself for it to happen. But you know, I was focused on the match. So let's get into it. Um, it was definitely an amazing match, you know. Let's talk about that spot where she did a sunset flip powerbomb to the Oh outside. my god. That was crazy. Oh my, you you could hear you could hear the thud. Like it went like it landed. Spot like, of the night, spot of the year, spot of the century. Yeah, sure. Oh my god. You know, I know that Sasha and Asuka can definitely work together, but at this level on SummerSlam. Oh my god, I did not see this coming. Yeah, and you know, other other spots, you know, another avalanche DDT, um, a jumping arm bar into one into the Asta lock, which well, you know, it ended the match. But you know, considering we've seen Sasha and Asuka face each other a lot, I'm surprised that you know, I'm surprised that I got surprised because they face each other for like three times now. And no offense to Bailey and Asuka's chemistry, but I feel like it just goes to show how amazing performers Sasha and Asuka are, you know, working well with each other. But, you know, storyline-wise, that ending where... 
Bailey dodged Asuka's hip attack, which happened um, in the opposite. Um, in the opposite, what do you call that? It, it happened in the Bailey and Asuka match, but in the only difference is Sasha took the hip attack, and now Bailey avoids the hip attack and eventually like lets Sasha tap out to Asuka. So. As a fan of Sasha, this was definitely heartbreaking. But storyline-wise, I think it's a win-win situation for Sasha. What do you What do you guys think? Tom, you go ahead. Ah, oh, thank you. So Sasha and the Oscar match was absolutely phenomenal. So, oh my god, with these two, a they have fantastic chemistry. B Sasha Banks. I'm not like the 100% the biggest fan of her, but what I love about Sasha Banks is the fact that she has different styles of wrestling. So whoever she's against, she can match their style and get into their tone. So like Japanese wrestling, obviously when she was off last year um, with her personal issues and taking time away from the wrestling business, she went to Japan and did some training. So having a match against Asuka, I think it's fantastic to incorporate moves into it. Um, and obviously understanding the Japanese language itself, so it's easy to communicate between the two. Um, but the match, that rolling sunset flip powerbomb to the outside. Ooh. If you oh my God. do not agree with the fact it was spot of the night, spot of the week, spot of the year, spot of the month, spot of the century, <laughs> you are absolutely incorrect. Because Oscar's head, I would have got a CT scan on that after the match. How phenomenal it was. Honestly. So good. But this, see, the, the tagline for SummerSlam is you never saw it come in. Well, unfortunately, WWE, I saw all this come in and I predicted it correctly Aww. in with the ending. So for me personally, well. I would have said it was predictable. Well, for me personally, I would have said it was, predi- it was predictable. But the story of uh, in the Bailey Oscar match with um, uh, uh, Bailey moving out the way and Sasha taking the bump. But in this sense, it was the reverse, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. Troy. With um, the uh, the reverse of it, so Bailey dodged out the way, and I think because I think it happened a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what match it was. Bailey like, oh no, it was the attack when uh, Sasha was knocked out. I think it was on SmackDown, and Bailey like ran away. Ooh, and yeah, it's just exactly. it's whoever is writing these little snidey, shady little looks or moments for Bailey and Sasha oh, deserves God. a pay rise because Absolutely. we see it, they see it, but it's like okay, let's just keep teasing them every now and then, but. The um the the match itself, phenomenal. Was it their best encounter? I would say personally for me, I much preferred this than their Extreme Rules match. I know that's mm-hmm. going to be a bit of a, agree. thank you guys. I knew it was probably going to be a bit of a controversial opinion because of how amazing the Extreme Rules match was. But this match, both of them have got chemistry. Both of them are fantastic wrestlers, and story storyline wise going forward, it made so much sense for Sasha to drop the belt. Because obviously what's happening on Payback this Sunday, which obviously mm-hmm. we'll talk about in another show, another moment and segment, it just made sense for Sasha to drop this, Bailey to retain it. Oh, a great night for the women. Grow eight. Absolutely. Night Thank you so much. It was, it Thank was you so much, WWE. Thank you. Uh, oh, my God. So you guys kind of took my words out with all of my thoughts with, them, with this match as... It's just, it was just really great. So much really great spots. And I'm just going to reiterate it once again. The sunset flip power bomb on the freaking... Yes. I'm at loss of words right now. And it's definitely... Uh, one of my favorite parts about wrestling is not just whenever 
it's one of my favorite parts is when it really seems like they're actually hurt. It's like mm-hmm. it gave me flashbacks to that moment where Lita did the suicide dive to Tristratus and where she actually oh legitimately yes. broke her neck. It gave yes. me so much flashbacks to that. Personally, I did not watch that Ratch live, but you know what? WWE posted on the official YouTube channel. Fortunately, I was able to watch it and it gave me so much flashbacks of that. So I'm just like, oh my God. Because there's moments and, in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Because there's moments in wrestling where you literally see a move and go, oh God. Oh, exactly. And I think in like my 21 years of wrestling, I would honestly say, hand on heart, there's probably about 10 moments that I can pinpoint that have actually made me go, on, oh my God. And that was one of those honestly, moments. Definitely. Same. It's definitely, it's something that we're going to remember for a very long time. And yeah, once again, there's just so much new spots despite this being the end time that they've faced each other. And yeah, as much as I didn't like it, uh, Sasha is also my favorite horsewoman. Um, yes. Did you not know that? Well, oh. I would expect it was Bailey because you told me that you had a Bailey shirt at home. I do have a Bailey shirt. <laughs> I do have a Bailey shirt though. But as I was saying, um, Sasha is my favorite horsewoman, so I'm a bit disappointed that she didn't drop the belt. But once again, it. J- just makes sense yeah and the long-term storytelling just like what tom said whoever's doing this thank you so much for doing this this long-term storytelling (laughs) this (laughs) long-term storytelling that they have been doing has been going on since 2018 and up to now it's still fresh and they come up with new ways just to surprise us even on smackdown just earlier today but let's get into that later it's just it's such a good time Time to be a women's wrestling fan. Definitely. Like that's what it made me feel. It is, and I think people just need to like appreciate it more because obviously on social media and on Twitter and that, you know, you see a lot of tweets with people are moaning. I'm guilty of that at times. But mm-hmm. um, the thing is, is that you look at what it was like ten years ago. Like compare that to what we get now. I think yeah. fans need to appreciate a whole lot more. Like I've watched, like I said, it for 21 years. I've seen a whole evolution of um, <laughs> women in general and how they're booked. And I, the reason why I love it so much now is because A, we've got multiple storylines. B, you've got different characters. C, you've got different looks of women. Like it's not a cookie yeah. cutter, blonde hair, big boobs, you know, big bum, you know, blue eyes, you know, the pretty model. You've got yeah. big, tall, short, skinny, you know, muscular. You've got, oh, fantastic, different cultures. It's phenomenal of the evolution for the women in WWE at the minute. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, yeah. So that's kind of it for SummerSlam. It's such a good event. I don't, this is definitely something that people just wanted, especially in this time of crisis in the pandemic. Yeah. Everyone just wants, everyone just wants some, a little distraction to, to get your mind off free for whatever is happening in the world. So hopefully, well, thank you, WWE. Hopefully this continues. And even WWE need, pros- need respect as well for what they're giving us, especially with the Thunderdome. Yeah, because like it makes oh my you know, God, it's so more true. interactive. Like even though you're just at home, it feels like you're connecting with like your favorite superstars. You know, you get to witness yeah. to witness these amazing matches, and, and it I really feels like you're God, a part of it. I swear to God, I'm gonna get on Thunderdome one day. I swear. <laughs> I Same am. year. Same year. I will year. stay up. I will stay up for 24 hours if it means I get to be on Thunderdome <laughs> just for like two seconds, please. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be so iconic. Take a picture of it. <laughs> so that's anyone have more comments for this match or SummerSlam in general? 
Um, no, other than the fact that personally for me, it was the best uh, pay-per-view for the women in a very, very, very long time that I've been yeah, excited for. I agree, honestly. Like, and, it didn't from feel, the... and it didn't feel filler. Absolutely. Yeah, from the two women's matches and to and to Sonia versus Mandy, which is really surprising. I just want to reiterate it from last week. It's really surprising considering that these two women haven't been in the title picture in a long ever. Now that I think about yeah. it, ever. Like none of them really got a title shot except for that one time in Fastlane 2018 with Mandy. So I'm just really surprised that they were able to they WWE made them do this. And we all know what's happening to them. Once again, hopefully you guys are doing great. And SummerSlam, great pay-per-view. WWE, give us more. Keep on doing yes, it. Yeah, yes, keep yes, it up. Yes. It was like we're enjoying hey, it. W take notes. Well, <laughs> oh my okay. God. Let's Another talk about that later. Yeah. Well, so that was a great SummerSlam, but now let's move on to Raw. Okay, shameless, shameless plug, but I was one of the few lucky people on this world. I got tickets to Raw. You're so Thunder lucky. Show. Thank you. Oh my, you have no idea. You have I'm no so idea. So I think this was, okay, I'll just give a quick story because like, this is going to be a long episode, but like, you know, um, ah. I'm pretty sure it was Thursday, Thursday here in the Philippines, um, around no, not Thursday, Friday morning, 12, Friday, 12.30, midnight. I think. Yeah, midnight. And so I was scrolling through Twitter, and I was a bit, I was really sleepy at this time. Because, like, you know, I'm trying to fall asleep. I have, I'm on my phone. I'm on Twitter. And suddenly, I refreshed the Twitter page. I refreshed my Twitter page, and then suddenly, WWE posts, like, um, I think it was, it was a really short message. They were saying... Um, get this experience to see yourself on TV. Sign up for Raw now. And I and I noticed that it was it was like thirty seconds ago. So I was like, should I should I sign up or am I too lazy to wake up at like seven a.m. again? Because like I woke up that early for SummerSlam. So you know I signed up for it thirty seconds into it, and I got the message and I got the email saying that I got in and I was so happy. You have no idea because you know being a wrestling oh fan. God. Even, like, you know, especially living in Southeast Asia, we don't get to see wrestling as much. And I did not think that my first Raw experience would come, like, at this age. Like, I really felt like I would only be able to watch at least Raw or SmackDown or any pay-per-view live when I'd, like, be an adult. So I'm really happy that WWE gave us this opportunity for the fans to be able to interact with um, you know, with the shows and be more active and participative in, you know, in, on Raw, on SmackDown, and and on pay-per-view. And most of all, it's for free. So, like, why not just take it? The only issue is it's, it's not, the only issue is that it's not accessible for fans who live in another time zone, also known as us. Because, like, I'm not going to stay up late at 12 a.m. every week just to get seats. So, that's all I have to say. But let's the, get in. Oh, would you want to add anything? I'm just gonna say, in the words of like what we would say usually, try sad not all. Which for context, just for Tom, just for context, in the Philippines, that just means like, oh, I wish that were me. Like, yeah. why can't it be everyone? <laughs> like, just that's just like a saying that we say. It was it was yeah. definitely a fun experience. But let's jump right into Raw. So first up. We got to see Shayna Baszler versus Bailey. So, what did you guys think of it? Um, Tom first. So, 
to be honest with you, I don't actually, this is going to sound bad, but I don't actually physically remember a lot about the match, only because the story after was more obviously <coughs> hyphened up and everything. Yeah. But I think for Bailey and Shayna, their, their chemistry, I, see, I'm 50-50 on it. I'm not sure if they have chemistry or not, if that makes any sense. But for the match itself, I thought it was great. I thought it was good. Um, but I just think the story after was the reason why this match was short. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Jiggy? Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of ma- There's not a lot of things to point out in this match. Although, I'm going to fangirl over here once again for Faye Shayna. Oh, there's something happening in the background. But um, I'm going to fangirl once again for Faye Shayna as it's definitely something that we've never seen in a very long time. Definitely. At all, actually, since w- since she went to WWE, and she's it's really refreshing. As I don't want to say that I found Shayna boring before this, but for me, like her matches were more of the same, and this mm-hmm. is a really good shake up to her character. And like you know, I love character development. Definitely. And but yeah, for the match itself, I just don't have a lot to say about it, unfortunately understandable so let's let's address the elephant in the room at the end of the match um well it wasn't at the end of the match but because naya was on the like on the stage but you know when shayna fell fell outside of the ring naya started attacking her and bailey and sasha were like woo like they were cheering for them to fight and as they were leaving naya and shayna stopped fighting they look at each other then they look at sasha and bailey and suddenly, I think they're a team. What do you guys think of this pairing? So, for me personally, oh God, I think going into payback, I think we all kind of thought it was going to be um, Ruby and Liv that were going to go against the Golden uh-huh. Role Models. Same. So, to yeah. Have, so I think I think to have Shayna and Naya like randomly, randomly form a team is a bit like, because mm, they were obviously feuding. Yeah. And the reason why, it, 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 it kind of, this is going to sound horrible, but it kind of dumbed down Shayna and Nia's character a bit because all Bailey and mm. Sasha did was laugh at, laugh at them. Like, for me personally, I would have had Bailey and Sasha try to attack Shayna and Nia. Those two stop what they're doing, notice what Bailey and Sasha are doing, and then go after them and then yeah. realise that... Um, yeah, oh, that would have made... Okay, these are, co- these are now common enemies because if you look about it over the last couple of weeks what is the interaction between Bailey and Sasha and then Naya? Nothing at all yeah. so to go from 0 to 100 it just didn't make sense and it didn't tie up the loose ends a little bit so all in all this was literally the tagline of you never saw it coming because <laughs> I, I did not see Shayna and Naya be the ones to face the golden role models for the tag titles at payback but then when you take a step back and look at it, it does make the most sense because girls like Ruby and Liv haven't been booked strong enough to go against them yet because I think Ruby and Liv, mm-hmm. they're going to save them to win the tag titles at some other point, but it's just not now. Jiggy, what do you think? Oh, okay. That was a really... Anyways, um, so my first thought was like, okay, this is a bit random and I don't know, I have, I had like no opinions on it yet, but although I just would like to point out that there are random teams that WWE have made and they kind of pulled it off. I mean, there was The Bar just recently, they were such a great tag team and even Team Hell No, but for me, yes, it reminds um, me of Hell No. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But for me, there just wasn't such of a strong of a buildup for this, for them to be a team. For Team Hell No, they had the whole anger management thing. For The Bar, they had the best of seven series. But for this one, there just wasn't enough buildup to it. Like, okay, I get it. Like, they both have a common goal, which which does make sense, mm-hmm. unlike wider teaming. I just wanted more from it. And I'm a bit disappointed now that SmackDown is done. Um, After watching SmackDown, we didn't even get to see, like, a little bit of action of them as a team. Like, I just, I just wanted more. I wanted to see more before I actually would want to see them challenging for the titles. Well, I mean, person- I get it. Oh, okay. Like, oh, sorry. Nice. I mean, I get it. The fact that when you think about it, they've only had oh, they've only had a maximum of two shows to promote this match for Payback. Yeah. So, like I was saying a minute ago with Ruby and Liv, how are you going to book Ruby and Liv to look like legit threats against the Golden Rama mm-hmm. with just two shows? As whereas like Nia and Shayna individually, they are strong competitors, but as a team, it's like wow, they could actually be the ones to dethrone Sasha and Bayley. Yeah. And I'm going into the, pay-per-view, into the pay-per-view, I'm actually 50-50 on who's going to win because, yeah, they could have um, Shayna and Nia become the women's tag champions, but it's like, what's the point? But then when you think about it, like in a couple of weeks' time, the, the ego of Shayna and Nia as a team could force them to, um, you know, fight, and then whoever their challengers are can, like, roll them up and steal the titles. So that's a good way to look at it. But then if you look at the golden role models, you think, okay, they. I, I think if the golden role models are going to win at payback, they are just going to win, like, by a split second, like, just by, like, a sneak attack or a sneaky roll-up, something that they can do and then get out of there with the titles and run away. Personally, more of the same. But the thing that I worry about here is I really have a feeling that Sasha and Bailey are dropping the tag titles at payback. Because, like, it's something that could, like, push the storyline of Sasha and Bailey, you know. Um, eventually, if they do lose at payback, that just means that Sasha's going to have no belts. And I think that's just going to be an additional factor for them to feud. But I was really expecting, at least on Raw, I was expecting a number one contenders match between, between the Iconics and Ruby and Liv. Because at least that way, it would make sense as to why someone would be challenging for the tag titles. But seeing this random, out-of-nowhere alliance between Naya and Shayna, considering that they have really different styles, I was looking forward to them fighting each other, not being a team. But honestly, best of luck to them. I don't know if they have the tag team chemistry that it takes to be the face of the women's tag division. But I don't know. I, I, I have no opinions on this. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. Sam. And, I'm just, and I'm just not sure who's going to win, but mm-hmm. I just don't think Nia and Shayna should win. I think the Golden Definitely. Ball model should win, but it's like, who's going to take the titles from them? That's true. Um, before we move on, I just want... Oh, wait. Before we move on, I just want to have two more comments before we move on to the next match. Number one, Rip, Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke. Yeah. Was that a one-off appearance in Raw Underground? I don't know, but I think right now that's what I'm going to assume. Like, yeah, you know, her, like one of them and Shayna would have made, made, made more sense. Yeah. And they would have also made another women's tag champion. That's true. Now that, that could have like also set up as like a return for Ronda. But also another thing I want to point out is where does this lead to Shayna challenging for the Raw Women's Championship? Like, yeah, I just I'm don't get confused. it. Because, like, doesn't she have See, this I, thing I, with I us? think it's going to be a... Ch- Sorry. No, go on. No, go on. 
Sorry. Yeah. So, see, I think, see, if you, see, where, where this leaves Oscar is, is in a bit of like a weird situation because if Nia and Shayna win the tag belt, there isn't anyone as a legit threat to go up against Oscar other than like Natalia, but we'll get further on into that in a minute, which is why yeah, it helps me to there. think. Yeah, but they're good. I don't think they'll do a face versus face feud, which would oh, be really have Oscar. The Oscar versus Bianca on paper sounds fantastic, but it kind of uh, pushes me more towards the golden role models retaining. So then they can potentially have either Oscar against Shayna or Nia against Oscar again, or a triple threat match over the next month or two for the Raw Women's Championship. That would, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Hopefully, well, all we can do is just wait whatever the hell happens we two days from now. Because like we need some sense of direction because this is the Raw after SummerSlam, you know. It's something that we anticipate. And to see that there's immediately a pay-per-view the week after. It's hard to build up something. And I'm really surprised that they didn't make use of the of the Riot Squad Iconics feud that's been happening for weeks. Because this would have been perfect for at least one of them to face the golden role models. But yeah, it's crazy. It's confusing and I don't know where it's going. But what do you guys think of the segment between Shayna and Naya after they paired up? Um, wait, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to, it sounds bad because I'm trying it's to remember really, what happened. It's really forgettable. It was, it was a bit short, but although on, I'm just, okay, one thing that I definitely remembered was Nia Jax trying to make a sex joke or whatever. It's just a bit weird yeah. and it's a bit funny as well because you wouldn't see a lot of women of, at Nia's size do that back in the Attitude Era mm-hmm. and they would have probably been made fun of it if you think about it in hindsight. Also, it's just a bit, it was all over the place, but the point was across, their intentions was said, so I think it just got the story moving, and it just, it got the story moving, and it made sense. I think for me personally, like, if, like you said, it, they've only got one week to do it, so they're kind of like put in three, four weeks worth of shows into one show, so this like little backstage segment, to me, dumbed down Naya and the character a whole lot more than Shayna. Um, I, just, I just don't agree with the fact it should be Nia and Shayna going after the tag championship. Yeah, but like I said before, true. it just makes the most sense because they are the next two top-ish girls on the Raw side in terms of like star quality. Not star quality, like how they are positioned on the ladder of the Raw women's division other than Oscar and then Sasha and Bailey, who obviously can do all brands because they are the women's tag champions. So it just makes sense. But oh, I just think at payback, I think my per, my personal prediction right now is the Golden Mars models are going to retain because of Naya and Shayna's ego can't coordinate with each other. Yeah, more of the same, more of the same. So do you guys have anything else to add for this Shayna and Naya duo or nothing else? No. Other than, other than that, I'm actually surprised of how good Shayna's matches are on Raw compared to what they were on NXT. Like the style just seems like the style just yes. seems different. Like if you asked me who was my least favourite woman in WWE at the minute, it would be Shayna mm-hmm. just because of how boring her matches are. But on Monday Night Raw her style seemed to have changed. I wouldn't say she's a babyface right now. I wouldn't even say she's yeah. a tweener. I would just say it's like this is someone who 
doesn't like anyone, no matter if you're good or bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's like, have, that's yeah. another thing I do appreciate. Oh, okay, that's another thing I do appreciate of what WWE is doing right now is, um, they're not really strict on heel versus face right now. Like it's just like okay, whoever the hell you hate, you hate. Whoever the hell you like, you like. Like they're drawing the line a little bit, and I like that. It leads so much more opportunities and possibilities for feuds and matches. Yeah, yeah I think that's what confuses a lot of fans because they're like, okay, is she a heel? Is she a face? And it's like, no, because you don't always have to be, you know, a good girl mm-hmm. or a bad girl. Or in general, like if you mm-hmm. look at people like personally, like for me personally, I am a good person, but you know, I can have tendencies. You know, I don't like this person because of this reason, but I love that person. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I feel like another factor as to like what determines someone as a face or a heel would be how the fans view them. And, you know, there are lots of heels or supposed heels in the company right now who, you know, we cheer for. Like, take the golden role models, for example. Um, a lot of people get behind both of them, even though they're the heels. And I think that charisma that they have and the duo, the pairing that they have, just just grabs attention to the viewers and there's a reason why I wasn't I wasn't super mad about them having all titles just because um of how good that they were together as a team and I really look forward to what other superstars can hold that title of being a heel but having many supportive supportive fans what do you guys think you took totally the words out of my mouth yes Well, if you guys don't have anything else to add, let's get right into the six-woman tag team match. But before we get into the match, let's talk about the iconic backstage Divas walk. Yes. Like, oh, yes. my God. Yes. We, we saw, we the saw that. flashbacks that I oh, got. Oh, my God. That, I'm not sure because I don't remember, but were there were there pink lights in the back? I'm not sure. No, there were not. There were not. Wow, interesting. Oh, there were? Okay. I was gonna say it kinda looked like it did, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because we're used to it, you know? It's a bit subtle. Yeah. I think it might have been red just because it was raw, but I don't know. But I really missed that, you know, seeing the three of I think it it was Liv, Ruby and Bianca, you know, walking in the back. Yeah. I just wish that they played some kind of um nostalgic music dating back to the diva ear. But you know, that was cute. So match wise, what did you guys think? Um, Jiggy first. Okay, so first and foremost, Zelina getting an entrance and giving a little homage to Maurice. Oh yes, Maurice is probably, I would say, she is my favorite Divas champion. So it was just a great little throwback. And you know, for the ones who listen to this podcast regularly, or for even the new viewers, I'm a big fan of Zelina Vega. But okay. talking about the match wise, uh, um, my problem, my whole problem with the whole Iconics and the Riot Squad feud is they're just not given a lot of time in television, which is mm-hmm. just simply not, it, it's not their fault. But at this, at this point, the only, the only purpose that I saw of doing this match is for a Bianca Belair showcase. That's why it, yeah. it's leading me to believe that she's going to be the one next in line for the Raw Women's Championship, considering that I do think Nia and Shayna will win us on payback, not going to lie. Really? Because... Okay. I want to talk about it more in SmackDown. It's the hints that they gave in SmackDown where I'm just like, they're going to lose. <laughs> well, honestly, more of the same. It was it was a showcase for Bianca, you know, that sh- that shining star press, 
that KOD, that's all that happened in the match, aside from the Iconics, you know, double teaming. Tom, what did you think? So, again, I have to agree. This Six Diva tag, first of all, uh, Six Diva tag? Six, six Diva. Tag. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not really no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, 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 it's a respected it. term. So, first of all, yes, for the six-woman tag, because that's what we've been missing, like these cute little random, fun little six-woman tags. But this match, I have to agree, was based on just to show off Bianca Belair, you know, mm-hmm. how her skill set is. However, Bianca's my favourite, you know, currently, but there was just one little thing that I had an issue with. If someone poisoned my partner... Oh. Right? <laughs> I would oh want my. to absolutely rip their head off. But the fact that it just kind of felt like... Oh my Bianca God, I'm just imagining. <laughs> but it just kind of felt like Bianca was going for the motions of her moves rather than, okay, I want to kill this bitch. I want to absolutely rip her head off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, honestly, not thinking about it. Yeah, it makes sense. She wasn't that aggressive. The Iconics, I love their gear. I love the blue. But oh, I yeah. Think they just, yeah. That but was... I think Ruby and Liv, and the Iconics were just there just to serve, you know, as like backup rather than um, the... Yeah, they were just there to serve as like the, the act, the uh, supporting actresses. Yeah, and it's surprising considering that the Iconics and Liv and Ruby have been feuding for, uh, for like three weeks in a row and seeing it be pushed back to showcase Bianca. Don't get me wrong, I love seeing Bianca move in the ring because like... No one can go against her talent. But, you know, I just wish that they got to showcase a bit more um, for, for the rivalry. And as I said a while ago, I was really expecting Liv and Ruby and the Iconics to have a match to determine who faces the Golden Role Models at Payback. But, you know, I wasn't super mad about this match, just aside from the fact that Bianca was the star. But I love seeing Bianca shine because, like, I really hope that the reason why they're pushing Bianca to be seen as an athlete and as a talent is that she gets the title sooner or later against Austin. That's all I have to say. You guys completely have completely agree. Completely agree. And I think, like, just quickly with um, Ruby and Liv and the Iconics and this six-woman tag, WWE have tendency of putting two women's feuds together. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really weird in some way, but at the same time, it's sometimes really fun. It can, it can go one way or another. And here, it might have been, I don't know, neutral in some sense. Jiggy it's a big little... Bad. It was a big little homage to what we used to get in the diva era. Like, especially yeah. this Raw in particular. And also, I would, just, I would just like to add, Bianca Belair was robbed of the NXT Women's Championship. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. I, I yes, have yes, to agree. Yes, a thousand times, to. yes. Because she should have been the one to dethrone Shayna. I am out. I absolutely agree. You know, that fatal four-way with Kyrie, Eo, Bianca, and Shayna, where she did a double KOD, that should have been the ending of the match. No one will fight me against this. That should have been the end of the oh, match. Absolutely. Shayna should have won. That was a perfect... And I think, like, for me, that... I think, like, sorry, I think, for me, that's my favorite Shayna match, only because the fact Shayna wasn't in it that much. Oh, my God. <laughs> my. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We, we understand. Okay. I understand. And honestly, that was such a good time for her to win the title because, like, when she hit that KOD, the whole arena was screaming. They were all on their feet. It was the perfect time. And then suddenly, Shayna, out of nowhere, she chokes the hell out of yeah. Bianca and she taps out. Yeah. So, like, it and, killed them all. 
And when she hit that double KOD, you could see the aggression and the passion. Yeah, she was crying. Oh my god. It would have been like, oh my god, she ESC gave so much girl. emotion to her matches. Yeah. She gave us so much emotion. And we love so, it. Oh my god. I, 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 I love me some Bianca. Same. Bianca for champion. I hope that this actually, raw push actually happens. Because I don't I don't just want to see her showcase her abilities in main event because she's had lots of matches on main event like i want to i want to see her main event like you know main event a pay-per-view not the main event show because i know she has the power in her she's a full package she has the charisma she has the in-ring abilities she has you know she has everything and i hope that they make her the face of the division she has it there she has it all she's the whole package and for me personally i would love to see Bianca versus Naya, where Bianca lifts Naya up on her shoulder. Oh my god! I feel like she can do that. That would be amazing. I feel like or like can. in a Royal Should Rumble or Battle can. Royal, like yeah. in a Battle Royal or a Royal Rumble, where all the girls try to take Naya out, but Naya shoves them off, and then Bianca's like, "Girl, I can do this on my own." And she just throws <laughs> her over. Oh my god! Imagine if imagine if she also did like the glam slam spot on Naya Jax. That would be so. Oh, I'm thinking about it right now. Oh, okay. Oh, now that, yeah, definitely. Now that you bring that up, I would like to say whenever Bianca does a double chicken wing, they always reference it to the Glamazon. And as much as I love Beth, because I don't know if you guys know, but Beth was the first female wrestler that I actually really enjoyed watching. But as much as I love Beth, um, you know, it's not the glam slam. It's the bitch clamp by Jazz, you know. Yes, she, she yes, was the original. Yes, yes. She doesn't, she so doesn't, she doesn't sit out, She doesn't sit down doing it. She drops them on their face. So that is not Beth. Because that the is bitch Beth. is back. Yes. Oh, my God. And I'm really happy that, you know, in some way, we still get to see shades of Jazz and Bianca in terms of strength. Oh, my God. Just, like, attitude. Oh, my God. Just quickly. Ima- sorry. Just quickly. Imagine Jazz versus Oscar. <gasps> I mean, it's not completely impossible considering the fact that Jazz is not retired. Yeah, she's still that's a why wrestler. That's why I'm pretty hopeful that she's going to return for a Royal Rumbles one day. Because I'm pretty sure she has a good relationship with WWE. Hopefully, well. <laughs> yeah, I really hope we get to see her more. But if you guys don't have anything else to add, unless you do, do you? Nah. No, let's move on to the boats. Let's oh my god the boats okay, let's get into the the Natalia and Lana segment the best of all time. So oh, what we, do you guys have anything to say aside from what we might expect you guys to say? Tom, go first. Oh okay, so I can see where they're going with this, but there isn't so much of an end game. So like on Raw Talk a couple of weeks ago. Natalia and Lana's promo and characters came off as like the annoying social media influencers yeah. who are so self-absorbed, mm-hmm. self-absorbed, which I liked, especially for Natalia who doesn't exactly have a character. So it was a nice, you mm-hmm. know, a change. However, side note, Natalia for me cannot play the mean girl. You know, she's always really? you know, she, no. I just don't. I just don't buy it. She comes off as like a good face or as like this heel that she was. With, I understand. Um, I understand. Her feud with Nikki. So. In this promo itself with her and Lana, it came off as more of like high school mean girls. So like uh-huh. when you think about it, like between the social media annoying influencers and high school mean girls, it's like, okay, which one are they trying to be? Because on paper, it does sound like they're the same, but in reality, it's not. Um, the, my one thing with women's 
mean girl teams is when they like talk in unison. I don't like the iconics. It comes off naturally because you know they've got yeah, the chemistry of like definitely. be it, they've mm-hmm. got chemistry of being friends for thousands of years. But this just comes off quite. And I get that it's new. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it just comes off quite forced, especially from like Natalia's end. Because for me, Lana. She, it, she 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 gives the vibes of like mean girl bitch easy. She does. You know? She does. But for Natalia, that's she the reason does. I don't. But if, with, with Natalia, it's the reason why I don't buy it. Um, but with Mickey James, when she came down that ring, she pushed. Well, she, <laughs> Natalia just fell over, and then <laughs> and then she, and then she delivered that swift spinning kick to Lana. First of all, Lana sold it well. Second yeah, of all, she did. Mickey James. Mickey James is. It. I could do a whole episode with you guys on Mickey James. Mickey oh is Oh my it. God, to invite you. She is it. She has it all. Absolutely. You know, she has should... the legend status. You can't deny let, that. Let me note that down. Let me note that she down. Like... Also, Mickey James episode or something. She like, so she, so she went in, she did what she needed to do, and she walked out and said, I'm still number one. You know, and for actually, sure. I, and actually, I'm the best of all time, not you. Ooh. Period. Period so much. Although I will bring up, you know, the commentator said she delivered a chick kick. That is not a chick kick. That is a mick kick. That is not a chick kick. That is not a chick kick. Oh my god. They even posted it on Instagram. Like, um, they said like Mickey James delivers the chick kick to um to Lana. I got so triggered as a you know as a women's wrestling fan. That is not a chick kick. It's not a chick kick, it's a mick kick. Second of all. Yes, I get that they're trying to reference old school divas like, you know, Be- Be- Bianca Belair with the whole uh, uh, Beth Phoenix glam slam thing, even though it's not a glam slam. So I can see where they're coming from. But like, if you want to reference someone, you reference Nikki James because there's no other girl that's done that move. Exactly. Ever. Oh my God. Nikki James it's is so... a true boat. Agreed. She is a true boat. Boat? Boat. <laughs> okay. So... If I may, can I say my go opinions ahead, on this go one? Ahead. Okay. So quick little anecdote here. Troy over here. And the little break <gasps> between oh my the gosh. whole Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't brought it up. I forgot with the whole during the commercial. Um, Natalia and Lana were actually talking to the Thunderdome fans, and I'm 99% sure they noticed Troy. So, Troy, so before I oh th- st- talk about my thoughts, can you give us a little story of like how did this happen? This is actually crazy. Okay. Can I get your autograph, please? I, I will. I'll give, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give you guys context. So, in the Thunderdome, you know, whenever there's, there's, a, there's a commercial break between Ross, um, we, we, uh, we in the Thunderdome, uh, to, uh, the Thunderdome, we don't see anything. We just see like a blue and red screen that says WWE Thunderdome. So, we just wait there. And out of nowhere, you know, a random superstar talks. And um, you know, Drew McIntyre and Liv and Ruby talked to us, but they didn't notice me because, you know, I, I, I was shy. I was shy. But when I heard Natty and Lana talk, you know, I, I, w- I was really excited because personally, I really like Natty and I really like Lana together. Um, but I'll share my thoughts about this segment later. But as I was, I, w- I was looking there and I was waving at the camera like really repetitively and I was wearing a red shirt for context. And Lana was like, I see someone in the red shirt waving. And I, w- I, was, I was shook. I was like, are they, th- are they talking about me? Do they see me? Oh. I, c- I can send you guys the vid if you want. Because I took yeah, a video I- of it. But 
you know, I was waving frantically over and over again. And Lana, you know, she says it again. She said, I can see the guy in the red. He's he's waving at me. And then he told, she told me, she told me, you're almost as ravishing as me. So like, backhanded compliment. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not Lana. <laughs> but, you know, I will take that. So, you know, just a little fangirl moment whenever a, a superstar notices me. I get really excited. But... You know, that's all. I got really happy. You know, it just boosts the thun- the Thunderdome experience for me as a fan. I get really interactive with the superstars, and it's really fun. Okay, that's all. Jiggy, what do you think? Why can Why can that be to all of us? Okay, <laughs> although I, I want to <laughs> We should like we should all have like an alarm of like saying Thunderdome sign up is usually at. Well, it's 11 p.m. in the Philippines. We, we should all have an alarm or something. See, in the yeah. UK, the Thunderdome, it's a, to, uh, apply for the Thunderdome in the UK, it's 4 p.m. And like uh, for SmackDown this week, I signed up at two minutes past four and it was already signed up and it was closed. I was like, oh man. What the fuck? It's, oh my. It, it gets filled up really quickly. So my I face is going to be on Thunderdome <laughs> one day. And yours truly will be so famous. I'll be more famous than Dwayne The Rock Johnson and John Cena combined. Well, okay. So talking about, talk about my thoughts in this segment. First and foremost, I always like talking about the girls' looks. And girl, all of them serve. From the white outfits of both Natalia and yeah, Lana, really it was very detailed it, from top to bottom. It was very, and oh, Troy has been asking for this. Natalia finally wearing something that's not black or pink. Finally, Ooh. giving us some color. I love that so much. Yeah. And and Mickey James with sort of like an ivory esque gear, which I just really love. Yeah. Like from the from the cut and the and the fit of it, I was like. That kind of looks like Ivory. And especially that, correct me if I'm wrong, Ivory has brown hair, is a brunette right now. Like, yeah. that's what I saw in yeah. the Evolution Battle Royale. So I'm just like, Makes it sense. really got a lot of, it really gave me so much Ivory vibes. And yeah, this segment was really short. They literally did not do much. The notable segment though was like, when they were like, yeah, the notable things that Mickey James has done. That is just so meme worthy like you can just like <laughs> connect so much things on that screen like i remember seeing once on twitter um here's the amount of things that they have done and it, it was just like aew treat your women better and i'm like ah! oh my god oh my god <laughs> people people are Jeez. super creative with that so i really love it although yeah it was pretty short but sadly I, all I'm gonna, I, can, I can see that mickey is kind of used to this amount of time as she was in the diva era for the longest time and so she knew exactly what she was gonna do, and in a way, it did. It did benefit the overall segment, and this was this was pretty strong given the time that they were given. Well, personally, if you ask my take, I have to agree with what Tom said. Natty being a mean girl is kind of weird, considering that you know I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but if you see like Instagram stories from like say Naya or Sasha or Lana, they always hang out with Natalia. I feel like she's like the mother figure in the back. You know, for sure. It's like she's the one who's leading the division. In some, well, she's not. You know, she's not the head. She's but you know, whenever. Yeah, exactly. You know, whenever someone needs yeah. assistance yeah. for something, I feel like the first person that they'll go to would be Natty, because you know she's a veteran. She's been there for ten plus years, and she was born into the business. And I feel like her being the mean girl might be a bit new to us because, you know, we're used to seeing her being the good person that she is on Total Divas. I'm not sure if you guys watch Total Divas, 
But you know, yeah, really, I do. She's my I'm favorite. Total diva. Yeah, she's really. We should have a whole. Oh, we should have a whole episode of like reviewing Total Divas. Can you imagine? <laughs> just, just a little side note there. Dun, dun, dun. I, I really look forward to whatever Natty and Lana are doing because, you know, I really enjoy our mean girl team. You know, that's why I like the Iconics. That's why I like Lay Cool. Um, who else? Beth and Natty in some the way. Beautiful they, the beautiful people. The beautiful people. Yeah. See, yes, for me, like the epitome. I know we're not going to. I'm not going to talk about it, you know. But the, for me, the epitome of mean girl duo is the beautiful people. Like there is no other women's team in history Push. that can sure. that can do it as good as them. Yeah, they can try and be a lot of carbon copies, but the beautiful people have it down. Definitely, and you can fact, definitely and tell the that fact, they know how to work with each other. Yeah, and the fact that they're still active as a team right now. I mean, Velvet Sky may not be an active wrestler as she used to be, but she is still somewhat involved in Angelina Love's career and now with Mandy Leon back in Women of Honor. And the allure, like, yeah. some people are calling it, like, a Beautiful People 3.0 or whatever, but it's just, it just shows how good Angelina and Velvet are together as even up to now, they still work with each other. People yeah. have, because it's lost views. They're the standard. I have a question for you two. What's okay. That? So, with the L- Natalia and Lana and Mickey situation, what do you see the end goal being? Because for me personally, I don't want them to throw Bianca Belair in there as like, okay, hey girl, I'm going to help you for like two weeks and that's it. What do you see as the end goal? Oh my. Honestly, if you ask me, I feel like they might, and I, I put emphasis on the word might, they might go after the titles, but I don't see them winning it. And they might be just a filler rivalry, you know, one of those things. That's true. I don't see them being a team for a long time, but I hope that I enjoy what they're giving us at the moment. What about you, Jiggy? All I'm going to say is I'm still hopeful on a possible Melina return on helping Nikki James. That's all I'm asking. Please. I'm still hopeful for a Melina return. <laughs> we can that- dream. We can dream, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's not going to happen, unfortunately. So just for me quickly, I think if you are, I've always said this over the last past couple of months, especially during the quarantine era, if you are not A, in the women's, t- uh, in the women's title feud, B, in the secondary feud, C, doing something with the men, you should be put in the women's tag division. And I think that's what they've done with mm-hmm. Natalia and Lana. It's like, okay, they're not really in the secondary feud. They're not doing anything with the men and they're not in the women's title feud. So let's put them together as a team because at least they'll be doing something. And that's another reason why uh, Ruby and Liv are back together. And that's yeah. the reason why the Iconics are back on TV. Because they're not in any other feuds. It's like, let's just throw them into the women's tag division. And I'm really surprised. And we'll talk about more on the SmackDown review. But I'm really surprised that Naomi and Tamina haven't been put together as a face team. Oh, my God. Ooh. Actually, uh, that's bad. a missed opportunity. What? Because it's like, yeah, Naomi deserves better and all that. And it's like, well, obviously, it's not going to happen in a singles titles feud. As much as we want it to happen, it's not going to happen. So it's like, okay, at least give them more of an opportunity as a tag team with her and Tamina. Because at least they'll be doing something. And they yeah, definitely. Would, and, and it would make sense of them to be a team. Because they have so much history together. And their yeah, family. Absolutely. Yeah, they're all Literally. Family. Literally. It's crazy. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm just like imagining, like I could dream, but I'm just imagining 
that when Sasha wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, we would have a little team bad reunion. And possibly, I don't know, Naomi and Tamina winning the tag titles. I could dream. That's all I'm going to say. That would be so... That's possible. Ah! That's possible. Because, you know, we unity! know that... Yes, unity. Unity! Oh you know, I don't, I don't see Naomi winning the SmackDown Women's title anytime soon. Because, like, you know, the Bailey-Sasha thing... It's happening, you know. You, if it as doesn't much, happen, I don't know what it is. As much as we all want it, and you know, as much as we all want Naomi to deserve, I know we've gone off topic. I know Naomi deserves a lot better, but I think having them in the women's tag title feud, uh, feud with uh, Naomi and Tamina against whoever would be phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, maybe if Naomi was on Raw, maybe that way I'd see her possibly getting a title push, because at least the Sasha Bailey storyline is on the other on the other show but you know she's on smackdown and we know yeah. that the sasha bailey match is inevitable in the near future so she's not gonna fit in there at least you know unless they use her as a jobber which we do not want to happen please uh, no hell no no please so you know best but of I luck do to think you. personally i do think personally naomi's time with wwe is coming to an end soon unfortunately i do think that yeah it's really sad she did that. She did say on multiple occasions, she's just waiting for one last yeah. good storyline. And I hope that. But they could have, but they could have had that with Bailey, but they messed that up. Yeah, that's the point. Because you know that was it in Super Showdown. Am I right? Yeah. Super Showdown. The Saturday yeah. Yeah. Super Showdown. That would that would that ha- that match could have gone with Naomi winning. I don't know why they didn't do that. You know, but. Eh, I don't know. It was a really confusing time for the SmackDown women's title picture. That's why they went with a five-woman elimination match at Mania. But yeah, that's all I have to say. No, we got we went so much off topic. Anyways, let's go <laughs> more to Raw. Yeah, back to yeah. Raw. Okay, so another throwback to the Divas era. We got Asuka versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship in what... It was a Lumberjill match. They said Lumberjack, but no, it's Lumberjill. Lumberjill match. Like, okay, I want to start, if I may. Okay. If I may. Okay, so. um, I know some people find it a bit, like, forced if they say Lumberjill, but I don't know. I just, there's just, like, a ring to it. And, like, yeah, you know, um, I'm a soccer for the Divas era. Charlie's a soccer for the Divas era. Tom, mm-hmm. are you a soccer for the Divas era? I just want to know. Quick little question. Uh, oh. I think he's muted. Hello? Oh, sorry, I'm here. Oh, there. Sorry, I'm here. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think with the Divas era, I grew up watching it. So obviously, you know, there is a bit of a guilty pleasure there, especially with the gimmick matches. But when you compare it to now, I much prefer now. Definitely. Oh my God, for sure. It's just like I like these little throwbacks that they're giving us. Yeah. And it's well, giving me life. This week's Raw was definitely a diva throwback, no matter what you say. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we got to see Nikki James, like, you know, and we got to see the diva's entrance in the back. So that that's a lot, you know. It's so much is happening. Yeah. yeah. So what did you think? Okay. For the actual match, first and foremost, Lumberjills, Lumberjacks, whatever you want to call it. What the hell were you doing? Oh my God. Oh. I'm just like. <laughs> They literally didn't do anything. Oh like, it's just a bit confusing for me. And I thought, like, it would have made more sense if um, all of the women there had their little storylines. It would have made more sense than 
they would have been fighting each other than like doing nothing. Like, you know, like if a few, like for me personally, I'm not a wrestler, but it would make sense. Like, let's say Zelina, she just lost a match like a couple of hours before this, this aired. I would have wanted to get a little bit of revenge over Bianca or something. Same goes with Natty and Lana, but more than that later. And for the match itself, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are mad that this match is pretty short, which it was. Another throwback to the Diva era. Well, but the thing is, in my opinion, they did not need a long match. They've had so much great matches yeah. in the past. And I think for I think this one is just here to serve the title rematch, the title rematch purpose, because they don't want to drag too much of the Sasha Bailey storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think um it was a, Am I mad that it was a short match? Honestly, no. It just served its purpose. I'd rather have had the other two women's segments have more time than this one since this is probably the last time we're going to see, at least the last time in a very long time, where we're going to see Asuka interact with the golden role models. Yeah. And it wasn't the most memorable way to cap it off, but it served its purpose, and I'm just super happy that we're going to have two sort of different shows now on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, but I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Tom, what did you think? So, first of all, the Lumberjack match. Lumberjill match, Lumberjack match, the Lumbers, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the Lumbers. I do not, <laughs> the Lumbers match. I do not get one bit of an ounce of anything as to why this match was a Lumberjack match. Like, I do not get it at all. They... It, like you were saying, Jiggy, about having, you know, the other women, you know, fight against each other on the outside and that. I have to disagree with that in terms of because it would have uh, been a distraction for the match itself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's true. I think yeah, I mean, the, the Lumberjacks themselves just made no sense being there other than, honestly, there is no reason for them to be out there in general. Um, but yeah. in terms of the match itself, it wasn't really supposed to. It was kind of like the Bailey and uh, Oscar match at SummerSlam. It wasn't meant to be about the match it was meant to be about the story itself yeah. with Shayna coming out at the end but I mean like with payback this Sunday and with like Raw and Smackdown where was Nia drawing this like exactly where was Nia Actually, like Shayna like, was there but where was Nia could they could have caused some tension between Shayna and Nia as to like okay we don't like each other we're gonna fight but yeah but there was no Nia um Again, a nice solid. I personally would have had Naya just sat at ringside, you know, not in commentary because Naya, Shayna doesn't obviously want to do all that stuff. So uh-huh. just have her sit at ringside and look on to the women's championship match because, like you said earlier, Shayna did quote, Whoever wins at SummerSlam, I'm next. So mm-hmm. it just would have put that story together. Um, That's true. But the match itself, you know, it was an, exactly their best encounter. It was kind of like the Bailey and Oscar thing at SummerSlam. It wasn't their yeah. best encounter, but it was more about the story rather than the match itself. But in terms of the Lumberjacks, they were made to look dumb as hell. <laughs> oh, my Honestly, God. You, you, you yeah. You, you, like, there's no other way to put it. So, Troy, how about you? Okay. This is going to be funny. When the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the word lumberjill match, do you guys remember that lumberjill match where Rosa Mendes and Jillian Hall? Yes, exactly. Oh my god. I knew you were gonna say that. She she was about to punch Jillian and Jillian was like, No, sweetie, we're both heels. We're not supposed to fight. (laughs) Yes. Wait, hold on. I try to remember. That was Night of Champions 2010, right? The unification match of the Mom's Day. And Michelle. 
it was right in front of the camera view. Like, it, literally right Oh! There. It was so, it's so iconic. It's bad. And Jillian's like, iconic. sweetie, sweetie, no, no, darling. No. no. <laughs> We're heels. You can when I turn face. <laughs> That's the reason. Oh, why yeah. I'm, that's the reason why I'm choosing Rosa over Eva Marie for that moment specifically. That's <laughs> okay. So wait, um, <laughs> just want to br- just want to bring it up now because I just remembered. I'm a bit surprised because in Lumberjill matches in the past, um, the 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 women in the ring obviously were rooting for someone in the match, and this was just not evident at all. And like, it would make sense that this would be the time where everyone gets their revenge on Bailey and Sasha. And yeah. none yes. of that happened. So, yes. Oh my god. So like for me personally, if like the only reason why this Lumberjill ma- Lumberjack match would have made sense is if everyone had an issue with Bailey and exactly. Sasha. And exactly. I would say out of everyone at ringside, from what I can remember, practically no one at that current point in time, other than Shayna at the end, don't have it doesn't have an issue with uh, the golden role models. Yeah, exactly. None of them have an issue with the golden role models. So you know, it kind of messed up the story. But in terms of the match, you guys said what I was going to say, but I will say that it was possibly a decent closure for the Sasha and Asuka storyline. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I guess we'll just see Asuka feud with someone else now. But I also want to bring up something. If you, if you notice that they separated the women on ringside, the faces from the heels, you know. Um, the one near the camera, it was the faces. It was Bianca, Liv, Ruby. And on the other side, it was the Iconics and Natty and Lana, the heels. I'm not sure if you noticed, but Shayna was on the side. I think that just proves Tom's point earlier that she's not a heel. But at the same time, she's not much of a face either. You know? Yeah, and she's not. I, I won't even say she's a tween. She's a tween. She's literally yeah. Shayna Baszler. She is. Uh, she plays the state of Shayna Baszler. I don't care who you are. If I don't like you, I don't like you. I don't like anyone. Yeah, exactly. And the way that she—that's not true. Bailey's was it Bailey? Yeah, the way she went for yeah, Bailey's Bailey. ankle, girl, sell it a bit more. But honestly, it's a cute. It's a cute preview for payback. But honestly, no comment on the match. No one saw Oscar lose the title anyway. Like, did you guys expect Sasha to win it back? No. Absolutely no. not. That would be so We, ju- we just knew it was a closure. It, we just knew it was closure for the, the rivalry. So and I look for forward to Sasha. Sorry, for me personally, I love it when they like tie the loose ends of a feud. And this was the perfect way possible to tie the feud of Oscar against the Golden Rod models. Absolutely. Jiggy, do you have anything else to add? Also, lastly, I just want to bring it up that. Wait, I forgot what I was going to bring up. Oh, my God. Well, well, okay, let me think. I, I forgot what I was about to say. This is so embarrassing. Well, oh, wait, there we go. I remember. Okay, yay. Sorry for that. Sorry, Tori. Sorry, Tori. Sorry, Troy. Sorry, Tom. But here, um, I'm really happy. <laughs> I think, I think, I think the whole... tried to punch you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think the whole situation with, like, Shayna Baszler with not being a heel, not being a face, as you guys said, it's, you know, um, it really fits with her character specifically. That's why right now, this is probably the best time. This is right now, this is probably like the time where I'm enjoying Shayna the most. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, may whatever direction WWE will give her, it continues for that because, you know, unfortunately, no one was really vibing with her in NXT. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be rude, but that's really how it was. Like, 
people every time um she had a challenger in NXT, people just wanted the challenger to win. And she did she did become the long no, she's not blood. Um she's not Asuka's the longest reigning women's champion. She did get a lengthy run though. But I just hope that WWE books her this way. And I think it's inevitable the an, another inevitable match we're gonna have is the four on four horse women match. If ever Ronda is gonna come back to WWE. But uh. I don't know. No, this is just me. Side note, I, if she does. I don't, I don't feel it, but yeah. Maybe. No, I don't feel it but either because Becky is obviously pregnant. Honestly. Yeah, that's the point. But anyway. If, if Ronda does come back to WWE, considering the fact that Becky's pregnant and all, I really hope they give Shayna and Ronda a one-on-one match in a pay-per-view. That's it. Side note. See, that would be cool. See, yeah. for me, I think the inevitable match that pe- that is a money-making match is Shayna versus Charlotte. Yeah, oh. I, I have to agree. I have been waiting for that to happen. You know, when I saw I think that's gonna Charlotte be, and Ronda, sorry, it was really I cool. Think that's gonna be, I think that's, sorry, I think that's going to be WrestleMania next year. I've got a feeling Shayna and, Shayna and, Shayna and Charlotte next year in WrestleMania. And in a steel cage match, oh my god, the steel cage match would be like the perfect stipulation because of the whole MMA background of Shayna and all. And it's in a ring, so it's a best of both worlds. That would be like an ideal stipulation. Well, do you guys have anything else to add to the closure of Asuka and Sasha's rivalry? No, other than the fact that it was the most perfect way possible, except Mm -hmm. the lumberjack match. Yeah, it was was confusing. What about you, Jiggy? Well, it served its purpose. Yes. That's all. Well, we have we, we're done. That was part one of our SummerSlam week review. And that was a lot. Woo! I'm pretty sure oh we're God, at girl. least two hours max. Really? I believe so. Because oh our raw review is, is 50 minutes long. And rightfully Holy so, because we had a lot to talk to about. Talk about yeah, it, it was a great yeah. though. So, it was a good idea for us to split the episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So without further ado, we'll see you on part two. Oh, Bye. you can see You can find me. Oh, you can find oh, yeah. me. Okay, okay. At, oh, we forgot how to look at Twitters. Okay, you can find me for updates of the Pop-Homsel podcast. You can find me at Troy PB2. You can find me at Jiggy PB. PBP. Oh my god, I still get that like a little tongue twister. And Tom, how about you? Hi, you can find me at Self Success Zero One, where I do have opinions on women's wrestling, and some people don't like it, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> We're very liberal here, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you on part two. Bye, uh, girl. Yeah. Ciao. Bye.